0: Welcome to episode número tres, number three, to the Charles podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, and yes, we are we are being consistent on it. Believe it or not, right? So, um, hopefully, by now, if you're tuning into episode three, you've taken a chance to listen to episodes one and two that are now available um, both on YouTube and our um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Pretty much where everywhere where you can find podcasts, you can stream it, just search up for Charles and we are right there. So without further ado, episode number three is going to be talking a little bit more about and diving deep into the personal experience of growing up um, as a Latino in Canada um, and essentially what it was for each and every one of us, because everyone has a different story. Everyone has a unique story and a unique perspective. um, And obviously some of us will um, kind of approach you know this this question this topic in a different manner. so we wanted to share that with you and just kind of open up and be a little bit more vulnerable and showcase the uh the vulnerabilities of one another so i've got all, all my other team members here i've got gabriel jacqueline and gabby as well say hi everyone Hello. excellent excellent so that's going to be the topic and thank you again for for tuning in hopefully you've enjoyed the episode so far and I guess we'll ju- jump right into it. Who who wants to be the brave soul to go first? <laughs> Everyone's all, all jumping up at once. No,
1: so I will. I will jump ahead. Um, I'm Jacqueline. So I'm the community engagement director for Charless. Um and a little bit about my background here with uh, while living in Canada. Um, just for starters, I did mention in the fall, in the past. Podcast a little bit about um, my background coming at a very young age here to Canada. I'm originally from Guatemala. um, So I was born in Guatemala and I came to Canada at five years old. Um, So part of that was really exciting as a kid. Um, I think my experience was more um, not as impactful as it would have been probably to my parents. But um, on behalf of myself, um, I grew up basically in Canada. So I was, I dove in right in with the knowing the language um, right away. I think the only struggle at first was recognizing that um, not everybody spoke Spanish. So I was definitely in a new country. (laughs) Um, But I think that growing up here, um, I was just really engaged. Um, A lot of the things that um, made me who I am was through sports, um, arts as well, dance at a very young age. My mom made sure to put us very young with my sister and I in a lot of activities within the community. So I think that kind of molded who I became, um, later on and same with my youth. I was really involved in, um, community sports and particularly soccer. So, um, growing up here was actually pretty good for me for the most part and diving into adulthood. um, It's been um, just a bunch of opportunities given my way. And I think um, from that, I've had a lot of conversations with my parents growing up, what it was like for them kind of to be entering Canada, um, coming from Guatemala and having all of their careers and work there. So I think more impact on them but more opportunities for me is what I saw and I think I I was able to grasp more opportunities in that um with education and um sports which is something that probably would have been a lot more difficult to be more involved within um community sports and arts back home in Guatemala so um yeah I think yeah That's good for me so far. Did your
0: did your mom make you or your parents make you read and write as well growing up Spanish?
1: Actually, yes. So that's what my mom did. (laughs) Yeah, at school it was all English for me. As soon as I walked in the door, Spanish. Right. Only Spanish. If not, I was ignored.
0: (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I still have some books, um, like the writing books that I did when I was younger. Like, I don't want to stop. Yeah, I don't know about every day, but like, I'd have to practice, read and write, read and write. So, definitely very thankful for that, or else I probably would have lost the language for sure.
1: No, that's very true. My mom still has the flashcards, to be honest, because she was a Spanish teacher. Mm. So, here it was for sure like growing up only at home Spanish, she wanted to make sure that we did keep that. And um, I'm very grateful for it now because uh, living in Canada, it's multicultural. And when you're looking for work or anything, one of the things that sticks out is having that second language.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
3: agree. That's so funny because like, um, I mean, I don't think there was ever like a point where my parents would say (laughs) that like, oh, you have to speak Spanish, but it just happened naturally because um, I have older siblings who who were born in Guatemala and that when they immigrated to Canada the entire household was like, you know, always speaking in Spanish for that reason. And that's how I was how I ended up speaking Spanish and my parents obviously spoke to me in Spanish. Cause that I mean, that was their native tongue per se. Um, but even then it's funny how like my older siblings interpret me speaking Spanish back then, because even me speaking Spanish now is not like I'm like a pro or anything. But um, I mean, I always, as a kid, I always wanted to speak Spanish. Right. And even if it sounded like gibberish at first and like I always like, in my mind, I'm like, I always want to learn. I want to practice. And cause even when I speak to people, let's say who have just come from on America and they're like, Hey, you're, you don't have like an accent or a notable <laughs> English accent when you speak Spanish or like, that's amazing that despite the fact that you didn't, uh, let's say you know, grew up in Latin America, you're still wanting to, to stick to the language. Right. And so it, at least for me, that's how it was. And I even have a story that when I was in, uh, in Mexico, I remember, I'm going to share this quick story because it, a lot of like, some of my insecurities in speaking Spanish came from this uh, situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I remember I was like about nine years old. It was my first time in Mexico. And we were at like some fair or feria, algo así. And like, my dad's like, oh, hey, Gabby, you know, do you wanna go on this ride? And I was like, my response, right, in my amazing Spanish was like, oh, no, no, no quiero porque no, no cabo. And I remember there was like a whole bunch of kids around there. And this one girl in particular, she's like, ah, ella dijo no cabo, es no quepo. And they all started laughing (laughs) at me. Oh and I was yeah, and this is I, I think that's where I you know I I had a little cultural experience in Latin America and I was like, oh hell no, it is se me quedo grabado. It's no it's no quepo, no no cabo, right? Because of that girl. <laughs> but um, you know, it's and it's just those differences. So like I think that also like challenged me, like, no, I'm never gonna go through a situation like that again. And I now I mean I really don't care. It's not like mm-hmm. I get it right each time, but like just on the, on the note of language and the importance of, of sticking in and also like experiencing something outside of Canada as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. How about you, Gabriel? Um,
2: for me, it's like a complete different story because I actually grew up in Mexico. Right. So to me, it was like the other way around. My insecurities were when I was speaking English. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, a lot of times even like I would have like specific, specific sayings, like, um, that they only make sense in spanish and sometimes yeah. <laughs> i would like say those things in in english and like they never really made sense and they people would make fun of me and whatever but you know i never really cared um in terms of like insecurities like sometimes i would overthink about um what i was saying especially through college i had a difficult time especially when i was doing presentations and stuff like that i was i would get super nervous like just you know, I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to say something stupid. So I think, um, actually like every single time that I can remember when I was doing a presentation, I would always sort of say beforehand, like, Hey, if my accent is, uh, is hard or you don't get any, uh, or you don't get something that I'm saying, let me know so I can actually pause and like explain it better. Cause that would get so nervous. I would just start speaking and talking and just whatever. Right. And I feel like sometimes it would be difficult, but, um, I mean, despite all of that, I think, uh, since my presentations were usually like, um, uh, really important subjects and touchy subjects, I think they, for the most part, they always went pretty well. People always appreciated my, um, input when it came to social, uh, problems, but in terms of my story coming here to Canada was, uh, completely different I guess than all of you guys because you know I only came here about six seven years ago so um, before that most of my experience when it comes to the North American culture came from my experience in the United States because growing up my dad worked at the border in Mexico and um, he knew his way around Texas because that's the, the area where he was working especially in Laredo Texas And we would go visit him from time to time and we would cross to the other side and get clothing because, you know, growing up, we didn't have that much money. So it was, it was cheaper for all of us to get, you know, all of our stuff um, in the United States. And I remember, you know, especially in Texas, people, for some reason, it, it it felt like they didn't necessarily like Hispanic people. And, And I'm telling you, I was six years old and I could already see, um, a lot of racism when it came to uh, Mexicans specifically. I remember going to, you know, Marshall's like those kinds of stores and I'm speaking Spanish to my uh, to my uh, older sister and we'd have like an, a lady approach us and yo, you guys gotta speak English or like just just like very rude comments, right? And I remember specifically, I was really young. I must've been like eight years old when we went to a, a restaurant, I think it was a dentist or something. And this was on our way to San Antonio And we, we went to our table. Um, nobody actually like none of the waitresses would approach us or anything. We sat there for like 15, 20 minutes until my dad finally was like, Oh, what's going on here? Like, how come nobody's like taking our order? And I remember specifically the, the waitress said like, Oh, like you guys got to speak English. If you guys want to, you know, eat and order something. And, you know, like I was, I was a little kid seeing all of these stuff. Right. And, and I don't think it's something that necessarily young kids should see, uh, people discriminating on, on you anyone. and your family, you know, anyone. Right. And, and I think, uh, I think it was, um, it's one, probably one of the million reasons that why do what I do and why I'm so outspoken when it comes to racism and when it comes to uh, stereotypes of, of my people. Because, you know, growing up, I saw a lot of that, especially in the United States. Right. So coming here to Canada, it was it was very difficult because I had the I had the mentality that Americans and Canadians were practically the same. And to my surprise, you know, it, even though that I've, I've encountered um, racism here in Canada, it's very different. It's more subtle. Um, it's not in your face all the time, right, compared to all of those experiences that I had in the United States. And um, so it was very difficult for me to adapt to Canada because I was always questioning people i couldn't trust people here you know i had a difficult time opening up to people because you know i I was just i was very defensive i was like i don't know what you're up to like i don't even know if you want to be my friend i don't know if you want to be close to me right it was just i felt insecure in that way because i thought like these guys are up like good like up, up to no good right and um so it was it was difficult to adapt to canada but um and then obviously you encounter some 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 different form of racism, so so it's it, it's it's different, but definitely not as in your face as in the United States, um, and yeah, that's just a little bit of of how how I start to adapt to 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 the to the culture here in Canada because it's very different than in the United States, even though like for for a lot of people that don't live here. Uh, or in the United States that might seem shocking, right? For two countries that are English speaking and they're like basically neighbor countries, you know, the, the cultures are still very different. Right. Um, so, so, so it's difficult sometimes to sort of um, uh, move on from that barrier and, and that mentality. Right. So I mean, till this day, I have, I have a little bit of um hard time sometimes, you know, trusting people when it comes to um, a lot of things. Um, but, but definitely a conversation that I try to, um, have with people as well. I, I did it. I did it actually a podcast with, um, Vanita. I, I think it's her name. She as a podcast called Young Culture, and the whole topic of that was racism here in Canada, and I did it with a good friend of mine. His named Mohammed, and we were talking about that. How the, there's racism in Canada, but it's very different than in the United States, right? It's more subtle, you know. And and we talked about our experiences when it came to racism. Both of us had actually quite shocking stories of 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 something that we felt was very um, racist towards us in college which is a place where you would never think, but we still did have those experiences here in Canada, which is funny. But yeah, I guess my story in that way is very different than you guys, because, you know, I grew up in Mexico. I was practically raised there. You know, I did go to the States quite often just because my dad was working so close to there. All that uh, Tamaulipas area close to Texas. Um, so naturally we would, we would go to the other side and get all, all our stuff. Right. Cause it was just cheaper. But you know, when you're in that area and, and, and for like, my parents don't speak English at all. My mom does a little bit, but my dad can, not like, he just can't speak English. Like he can understand it a little bit, but he just can't say anything. Right. So like, even for my dad, he'll approach people in the United States and just speak to them in Spanish. He's just like, screw it. Right. (laughs) And because there's so many Latinos, right. And we've been to California as well. Um, they tend to, some, some, some people tend to speak Spanish back to him and he likes that, but you know, not everyone, sadly, not everyone takes that very kindly. It's like, why are you speaking to me in a different language? Right. Which is kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of stupid. Right. Because you know, and I'm going to give you a quick personal uh, story that I have. I live here in, in Surrey and you know, the, the Punjabi population is so big here that I actually had a, a lady not, not that long ago. She was an, an older Punjabi lady who approached me and just started speaking Punjabi to me. Right. Like I started laughing. Cause I thought it was funny. Like, like, Oh, like, like I don't speak Punjabi. I was trying to tell her. Right. But she saw me, she saw a, a brown person. She just, you know, Surrey high uh, uh, Punjabi population, you know she. It's not it's not hard to you know make your deductions and whatnot, and she just she just talked to me. I, I took it like you know it, it was funny. It makes sense what she approached me. I I I I wasn't rude to her. I was just like, oh I don't speak Punjabi. I'm sorry, um, but I I just can't see people taking offense from that. It's just like you know, especially in 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 states that are so Hispanic dense like like Texas and California, you know, like for you to get offended for someone to speak to you in Spanish, especially after, you know, all the historical implications that those were originally Mexican states, you know, how can you, you know, be so shocked when it comes to someone speaking Spanish to you? But I think that's just a different conversation that I'm sort of going through. But definitely there's so many cultural um, shocks when, when when you move to a different country, you know, cause, cause all of a sudden you, you have to think different. You know, you, you have, you got to speak a different language, you know, people, you know, you have, you have to deal with people's perceptions and stereotypes that they have of you, right. Things that you can't control all of a sudden that there's two ways. And that's this is sort of an idea that I have. There's two ways that you can do it. You can either live up to those expectations you know, and just, just go through self-fulfilling prophecies of, you know what, whatever, I don't have opportunities. They see me as a drunk, they see me as a criminal, whatever, it is what it is. Or you can change that and you can actually try to be positive, uh, represent your community in the best way, which is sort of my main goals with childless. And, you know, change those stereotypes. It's going to take time, but, but you know, it's it's. I think it's the best way to approach all these, you know, I guess in, in like injustices that that a lot of people of color have to go through.
3: Yeah, no, I, I hear you with that. That's there's a lot of topics that you highlighted, and like you said, there's so many important <laughs> uh, points as well, right? Um, growing up, you know, in Canada, the country that it is, that it's very multicultural and diverse, and you know, and how it really markets itself. Um, I I grew up. I mean, the first five years lived in Vancouver, and then at the age of five, moved to Burnaby, still living in the same house, same neighborhood. Um, and so um, in the part of Burnaby that I grew up in, because as uh, Gabriel mentioned, depending in what area you're in, there's are certain uh, ethnicities that are more uh, prevalent, you could say, or more apparent. And in this part of Burnaby, I, I could say that it was... It was really diverse, like to the point that I didn't even know that there were communities that. I mean we had the idea, like North Burnaby, we knew that it was more the Italians, Eastern Europeans, South Burnaby as well, and so on and so forth. But specifically where I grew up, there was more of a diversity to the point that my high school was known as the high school, where all the international students went. That's how diverse it was. And so long story short, um, in my elementary school, same thing um, I mean I knew obviously my dad being Mexican my mom being Guatemalan and it was so funny because growing up um, I was more more of the Mexican culture was instilled in me and it wasn't until like my teenage years that I was more exposed to my Guatemalan side which was like forever like changing so I'm like oh you know there's there's more to to my roots than everything right but like long story short like growing up in school you know kids kids like to poke fun and they're like oh you know and everyone makes fun and and, like, and it's funny cuz unfortunately as kids you there is a bit of racism like and and but it's you're poking fun no one is saying anything too seriously at least it never got to that extent in me in elementary school so like you know growing up would be like oh a taco burrito and then you say something as bad as it sounds you'd say something like else to depending to the country where they were from you'd say something back and you're just being kids you know and perhaps that's the excuse but like <laughs> yeah, no one really no, I'm laughing
0: because in- it's true because I experienced
1: yeah. that as well Yeah,
3: but no one ever got in trouble and everyone thought it was funny. Like, yeah, I guess in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what I am and I'm what I enjoy eating. Like I did eat it. Or
0: beans, don't forget the beans too.
3: Yeah, (laughs) and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a beaner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, stuff
0: like that. Oh my gosh.
3: But the things that you say as a kid and then as a teenager, you know, it was something else. In high school, I'm not going to lie, there weren't a lot of Latinos either. It was my best friend who was half, uh, or one of my closest friends and we had a, a tight-knit circle she was half colombian half uh, caucasian and it was me and so we were the only latinas in our grade so for us like when people would be like oh you guys are latinas and we're like yeah we're latinas you know and like whatever it meant like to how we interpret it. and then when there were the international students who would come from like you know mexico i remember there was this um international student from guadalajara and they're like it was the funniest thing. They're like, Oh, Gabby, you have to meet, um, this, this student, like he's from Mexico. Like all, all of a sudden they assume that we're cousins that we grew up, <laughs> up together. I'm like, yeah, like I was very, um, what's the word extroverted in high school. Right. So for me, I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm like, I want to meet, you know, who, what this new international student, I want to meet everyone. Right. And so, um, it, it was funny though. And in then like, you know, I would, we would speak Spanish and, and whatever it meant. And like, I never felt uncomfortable as well in, in nor, nor did I feel criticized. Cause that's a whole not, another area that I want to mention. Just like when you encounter people who also do immigrate from, let's say Latin America, and then use, or those biases, or, you know, if, I'm not going to lie. I have felt a little discriminated, like, Oh, like you're not Latina or, you know, you grew up here. I'm like, and then that's you know it's another conversation as well and you know being uh bicultural and when i say bicultural is like latina and canadian right like for me as well for the longest time it was like finding that balance right um uh, growing up it was like everyone's like mixed you know we're all just canadian and and that's and that's one thing that i will say i love about canada and in the school system's never, never did i feel discriminated personally speaking and um And I say that, I don't know, again, if it's because of the city or in the area that I grew up in, because I'm, you know, working now in a school district and certain things that I see as an adult, I do see, and, and maybe this is kind of bad for me to say, but I do see that there is some discrimination, you know, and now as an adult, right? And it's just like, is it just a different perspective? Because I was a child, I was more like naive, didn't see everything. And and that's really a point that I wanted to mention that now that I am an adult, I have, or I at least I notice any discrimination that I have gone through here um, in Canada. And just even recently, this past year, just with comments here and there, and which I never, I never ever experienced in my life. And And so in short, what I'm trying to say is that any type of like racism or discrimination that I've gone through has been more so in my adult years, which mm. is really, but then again, I don't know if it's just because I'm more aware.
2: Yeah. I was going to say like, it, it also depends how much attention you give to it, right? Like some people don't think a lot mm-hmm. of it. And like I said, here in Canada, tends to be very subtle. So sometimes like if you're not very aware of it, like you would, you would never even, um, you would never even think about it. But, um, I do want to hear a little bit from Aaron because I know for Aaron, um it, it was one of your the reasons why you were here in charles because you wanted to be more connected to the hispanic um mm-hmm. community so i do want to hear like how was it for you to grow up here in in canada like like and yeah. and having sort of like your parents are from Mexico, like like how did you take that were you were you connected like did, did you think a lot about your roots or was it your you embrace more the you know and I'm just using this because of the Canadian <laughs> culture per se, because what it's Canadian culture, right? We're so multicultural. So, right. But um, yeah, I just want to hear about you.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I moved here when I was two. So I've lived like pretty much my entire life here in Canada. And I have lived in the same city, um, Richmond, just a suburb of Vancouver, my entire life. So honestly, for me growing up, it was never really something that I was connected to because again, all our immediate family are back home in Mexico. So none of our family members live in Canada. It's just my family. So really the only time I would speak Spanish or feel like again, connected to, to my background was when, when, when I was at home, which obviously when you're in school doing activities, it's not where you are all the time. Right. Um, I signed up for a lot of sports growing up, a lot of extracurriculars and, and surrounded by obviously English speaking individuals, right. all my friends spoke English. Um, even to this day, I only have like one, like Latin American friend, um, out of, out of my entire friend group. So, so for me growing up, it was very, it didn't really feel like that different. Like I, I knew, Like for me that, you know, I was Mexican, obviously my parents are from there, but I think another thing that I wanted to bring up was that a lot of the times people were shocked that I, A, spoke Spanish and B, were Mexican. The first thing they would always say is like, oh, you're not tanned or like, oh, you're like, you're not like brown. Like again, I'm using air quotes or like, or or whatever the case may be like, you don't look Mexican. Right. So that, that was definitely something that I think looking back allowed me or kind of almost a shield in sense of like the discrimination that I potentially could have gotten. Um, because again, they would assume that I was just like, they would, they, like, they assume that I'm like Caucasian, right. Or they, they, the only time they know I'm Hispanic or have some sort of heritage, uh, in terms of like a Hispanic background is when they look at my last name, right. It's Rodriguez, Coria, Like that's his, that's, a, that's pretty, that's pretty Hispanic. Right. So, um, for me, that was, Exactly. Right. So for me, that was the part there. Um, and, and then that then's when people would be like, Oh, like, I'm curious, like, what's your background? Like, uh, like your last name. And then I'd be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm from Mexico. And they're like, wow, really? Like, do you speak Spanish? Like you don't look Mexican. And I'm like, well, what, what does look like? I wouldn't say this, but I think to myself, I'm like, what does look Mexican like me even mean? Right. Cause again, it goes back to the stereotypes that everyone who's like Mexican is like, you know, darker skin and, and stuff like that. And, And I didn't resemble that. So people didn't think that I was Mexican. So that was kind of growing up in elementary school and high school, really. I never really went through any like level of racism or discrimination that I can recall um, due to like me being Mexican or anything. It's similar to Gabby's story. I'd have like, you know, you'd have the usual young poke fun and you know taco burrito like what's your favorite <laughs> food and people would be like oh you like to eat burritos 24 7 and so this like stuff like that right but for me personally like you know you just kind of laugh it off and that ne- was never really like a, oh, I'm offended by that um and stuff like that so uh, I think as well now that I'm a little bit older you know I graduate university and stuff like that a lot of the times when I'm like meeting new people and, and they ask like about my background it's like I still get like the oh you don't look Mexican or or whatever, but it's just kind of like I just let them know like though that's who I am, right? Regardless if I look of look like I'm a Mexican again, quote unquote, or not. That's that's who I am as an individual. I do. I personally connect with it again. Like I, that's a main reason why I'm here in Charlotte, because I feel like that was a big disconnect with my life. Um, we don't go back home very often, and if we do, it's like you know once every couple of years. And really, that's the only time where you could say I feel connected to my to my background and my roots. Uh, but that's again one of the main reasons why I wanted to join Charlotte was to feel connected, not just myself, but with other people as well who might be struggling or going through a similar situation that I did. And at the end of the day, like that's, that's who I am as an individual. But I think, yeah, I think growing up, I I overall, like was never really an issue that caused any problems or anything like that. And again, I think it's just part of the way that people are, are generalized and put into these groups that unfortunately are still, people are still put into groups to this day, right? The time of this recording, obviously there's a lot of um, Asian hate crimes going on right now. So, and people are getting uh discriminated just purely because of like a race right so and that's happened in the past and um you know unless people change and stuff like that i think unfortunately will continue in the future right so um uh, yeah that's kind of my background and my story as well that's crazy
2: yeah it's yeah. interesting wow uh, when you say um the the typical sort of you don't look mexican right mm-hmm. um because even for myself who you know i i look pretty latino um, even here, sometimes people will get it wrong. It's like, Oh, are you like Arabic? Like mm-hmm. most people think I'm Arabic. Right. And I think part of it is because there's not that much representation of Latino yeah. people in Canada that people are just not aware mm-hmm. of, of how diverse Hispanic countries really are. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. have uh, countries in South America who, who are very, um, Caucasian, right. Um, Or like very white because of the the backgrounds, the historical implications that were in those countries, right? We have a lot of um, African heritage in a lot of countries such as, you know, Colombia has a a very high African population, you know. Um, Even Mexico, right? Like all that east part is Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of villages that are like very African. And yeah. you know, people are, are just not aware. They have, once again, the stereotype of what a Mexican person should look like, right? The mustache. Yeah, the uh, sombrero,
0: you know, las maracas. The sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's the thing, right? El poncho.
1: El poncho,
2: también. Right? So unless you have those things, people are just like, oh, you you're not Mexican. It's like, no, yeah. man. Yeah, I, know. I just, I just, you know, like I'm not going to be wearing a sombrero 24-7. Yeah, 24-7, right? Yeah. Like I have a sombrero right there, but it's just decoration <laughs> for my own place. <laughs> You'll never see me outside wearing it. But um, I think part of it is, is, is really um the, the lack of representation and, and the lack of awareness of, of the diversity in, in in Latino countries, right? I mean, for a lot of people, well, and I hate to say it like this, for a lot of people, you know, south, the, the U.S. border, everything's Mexico, right? They're, yeah,
0: they're yeah, so <laughs> that was like essentially, or, or they think Mexico, it's only like the Mexico City or like near the border, and that's about it. That's like as far as yeah. they'll go, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, or Cancun. Puerto yeah, Puerto Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, yeah, that's Mexico. <laughs>
1: Actually, now that you guys mentioned that, with the Cancun and all these vacation places... I think that's why a lot of people associate Latinos. Like, for example, for me, um, I've gotten similar comments as Erin growing up. I'm light-skinned. I don't look Latina. I actually got comments that I looked fully Asian or half Asian, half Caucasian. Um, And so from all of that, even like recently, I started thinking about it because in high school, I would say, no, I'm Latina. And then right away, it's like, Oh, so you're Mexican. Like if Mexico was the only Latin place. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. afterwards, like I started really thinking about it. And, um, especially in college, I started thinking more about it because I met more Latinos in college. And so a lot of the things that we came, we had a conversation about it. I remember. And they mentioned, well, you know, it might be because a lot of Canadians go on vacation only in Mexico because it's the place that a lot of people go to. It's like the go-to place. And so they just hear Spanish there. Their experiences with Latinos have been just with Mexicans. But um, like when I say I'm from Guatemala, they're like, from where? Where is that in the map? I'm like, oh, it's right beside Mexico. And then right away, they're like, Oh, like inside Mexico? <laughs> I'm like, no. And I've taken a map out and cool, have yeah. shown it. Because it's like, it's right there. It's like this tiny, but it exists. But um, no, it's like a lot of those
3: people think it's in South America. They're like, yeah. oh, Mexico? So South America? I'm like, yeah. no. Like, it's No, America. Central America. Central America. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico or
1: Brazil?
0: That's literally all people see. Yeah.
1: Much yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I, I don't really take it. Uh, personally like like kind of what you guys have commented on well Gabby and um Aaron is that you never really saw that racism or directly at you or it's it was more like more like poking here and there yeah um but I also had growing up barely any well actually I had two friends that were full um Latina so my best friend is from El Salvador and then my other good friend was uh, half Cuban and half um, Peruan. And she was very dark skinned. And a lot of people would, it was just, I would see it as mm-hmm. a kid growing up, like just because she was dark skinned, but she was Latina. And, um, but the, those racist comments and everything, it was, that's when I started noticing, I'm like, oh, this isn't okay. Because first, you know, you see kids or teenagers just poking around and, I usually would, the best way to come back to them is just telling them something in Spanish. That was my response. (laughs) So it's like, well, if you're able to like, uh, not insulting them back in Spanish, I'm not saying that, that, but I'm saying more so like um, responding, especially because a lot of people would say things behind my friends that were Latinas and they think I wouldn't understand because I didn't look Spanish. So I would respond back in Spanish and their faces just dropped. Like you're, you speak Spanish, you're Latina. And I'm like, it's not about that. It's about what you're saying. It's the message you're sending directly to my friend. It's not like, you know, it's not all right. And it was just something that I was always that person that stood up. I didn't care what other people would think about it, but I think that, um, it made me proud of my background. It made me proud of being Latina. It's, and you get all those stereotypes with women as well. Like you, I I don't want to go into it because that's another topic, but, um,
3: it's, we'll talk about about it on another
1: episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, no, it's, it's definitely something that, um, as you get older, you start seeing those things. And, um, even in the world today and what it should have been years ago, it's like educating our kids. For um, seeing all these stereotypes that turn into racism, actually, and it's very impactful, and it impacts some kids too. It's not everybody. Like, I'm grateful it didn't affect me um, growing up, but I, I'm sure there's people that have been affected by it, and they're ashamed of their background, and that's just another—it's
3: another problem, right? But yeah. It's yeah. A- I wanted to add to, to the points that you mentioned there, um, just how going back to like how people just assume that if you're Hispanic, then everyone's from Mexico. Like, you know, even when they try to poke fun, they'd be like, you're Mexican. And I'd be like, yeah, I actually am. I'm half Mexican, but I'm also Guatemalan. Right. So also using, you know, those points growing up as teaching points as, uh, Pretty much, I used started to see them that way, you know, as I got older. But um, one of the, one of the things that I want to add to was in some form, like in a way, it's it's kind of like I don't want to use this word, and it's one of the reasons why um, you know, Charles was really rooted in me, or like just the vision of Charlas, right? Because the fact that we didn't go through that discrimination or those ra- that racism per se, um, you know. In, and you know, what it's titled is privilege. Right. And, and it's always what they say when you have that privilege, what are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, like even growing up with the, the, uh, exposure to the Latino community that I had, I, I, I always loved, um, you know, multiculturalism, like all my, like the Latino friends that I had, everyone looks so diverse. Like I've, you know, I had my Afro-Latino friends, my very like, you know, like we, like I say, and I, this is why I always say it, we come in all shapes and sizes and that's what, and they, it really shows our history, you know, who we were colonized by. So again, going back to the educational component of it all. So long story short, for me, I had very positive experiences in high school. And so when I uh, you know, I was out of high school, for me, I went through this, like I guess, journey where I wanted to connect more with my Latino roots. And I'm like, I wonder if there's anything out there. And that's when I found VLAF, so the Vancouver Latin American Film Festival. Um, and so at a very young age, I actually started to connect with a lot of the um, Latino community here in Vancouver. Like everyone was like in their 30s, older, et cetera. Um, and what I love about VLAF is like it's all film. It's so, you know, it's very art, uh, you know, culture, um, which is like, you know, an interest that I had, but it was, they also used it as an educating point, right? Like we are so diverse. And so even then, adding on to my positive experiences growing up, And then, you know, when I found this right, because I'm like, I need that connection right after high school. And I volunteered there for like a good four years. And it was awesome because, again, what I noticed made the difference was the educational component of it. Like, that's where I met Latinos from all over, you know, who were bicultural, super cool, like I I remember I had, you know, I met someone who was like half Costa Rican, half Salvadoran and just like South America, like just everyone mixed. And I'm like, this is so cool. Latinos, you know? And so, you know, we were being educated through films. They were all independent films, right? So what I want to, you know, in a way almost to close before, you know, unless someone else wants to say anything is that um, education goes a long way. Right um, for me personally, um, and I'm always grateful. I always like to take a, a stance of, of gratitude of wherever I, you know, wherever I am, like in those opportunities, even in moments that aren't so great. Just having that gratitude makes that difference. But I wanted to use it as an educating point, right? Because that's what marked the difference for me, and that's why when I when I started to meet Latinos who, let's say, just had even recently immigrated and, you know, um, I could connect with them. They're like, oh, how do you know this from this country and that country? Because like, you know, I know some random facts, like from, you know, different Latin American countries, but what made the difference? The educating component of it for me. So for me, it wasn't shocking when, let's say I, I met a um, you know, a redhead from Nicaragua or like, you know, as someone who's ginger or or even Guatemala, we have our garifunas. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, we are that diverse. All it is is education. So moving forward, um, that's really the stance where we want to come from in, in charlas, just, you know, and I loved how everyone made those important highlights. How it was all perspective. Like everyone said it in their stories. Like Jacqueline, how you mentioned that you know, even advocating, you know, perhaps a lot of Canadians just, you know, assume that everyone's Mexican because that's their vacation go-to spot. Right. And, and I really love that because it's, you know, it just gives you that different perspective, but like whatever it is, like, we're just here to say, we, we want to be visible or we, here we are. And now let's let's just learn together, you know, because we're not here as experts. We're not here like as, I mean, I don't have a degree or a master's in Latin American studies. Um, and I don't know if any of us do, but... That's why we can all learn (laughs) from each other, (laughs) right? (laughs) We're we're always learning from each other. And that's why it was so important for us to share our stories as well. And like, it's only four of us here right now and such different stories. And that's really what we want to say, that we're very diverse, that those stereotypes that people may assume don't define us. And we're so much more than that.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I, I think as well, just to, to kind of close, unless Gabriel, it seemed like you wanted to say something, but, um, I just want to make sure I don't want to cut you off or anything, Jacqueline as well, before I do the closing remarks.
1: No, I'm okay. No,
0: no, no, no. I was just agreeing with, uh, everything that was said. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Gabby, very well said. And, and thank you for kind of sharing that as well. And thank you to everyone for, for sharing um, everyone who's in this call and to all of our listeners as well. Thank you for, for tuning in. And, and I think as well, just to kind of echo quickly what Gabby said, the whole reason why this podcast was made as well was to amplify these voices, right. And share these, these unique stories about different people. And, and our goal with this is not just for you to hear just our voices, our four voices, every episode, but to get people aboard on this, on the show and to, let them use this platform and this space as an open welcome safe space to share their stories to be vulnerable uh not with just ourselves but with our listeners and then i think with that is where we can as you said start educating people more and people start to learn more about you know how we can make you know, as cheesy as it sounds like the world, a better place. Right. So, um, that's another big reason why we're doing this podcast, uh, today as well. It's not just to amplify our four voices, but to amplify people within our community. So, and it wouldn't be possible without, um, everyone who's supporting us. So, so thank you. Thank you again for, for tuning in. This was episode number three. I know this was a little bit more on the lengthier side, but, um, uh, compared to at least episode one, um, but episode two, similar kind of duration, but we wanted to make sure that we at least shared our stories to some extent. And uh, there's definitely some subtopics that we can go on around around these topics and these um, particular subject matter, but I think in general, we summarized it pretty good, um and hopefully we get to continue to share not just our stories but others as well. So, um which is gracias. Thank you, everyone. Anything else before we kind of close off episode three, everyone?
1: Nope, we're good
0: that's it okay well thank you again everyone make sure if you are watching this on the youtube on the youtube uh on youtube uh to make sure to hit that (laughs) like and subscribe button it does help us out leave a comment if you or know anyone who wants to be on the show or have any ideas we're open to suggestions uh no suggestion is a bad suggestion and if you're listening in our audio especially apple make sure to hit us uh, give us a five stars on the apple podcast reviews and We'll also take a look at the comments there, but just overall, thank you again, which is gracias. And um, you'll see us episode four next week. Say goodbye, everyone.
1: Bye. Adios, Adios, adios. Adios.